Welcome to the ForexWarrior.com podcast, where it's all Forex, all the time. The latest and hottest topics in the world of currency trading, right here at your fingertips. Live Forex trading, psychology, money management, chart setups, news events, automated trading, and expert trading interviews. Plus, we review brokerages from around the world. From beginner to advanced, there is something for everyone. Are you ready for a change? Do you have what it takes to be a Forex warrior? Learn how to live the Forex lifestyle. With over 13 years in the Forex markets and connections around the globe, here is your host, Dr. Jason Gospodarek. Greetings, fellow traders. This is Jason at TheForexWarrior.com. Thanks for taking a few more minutes to listen to this new episode of the podcast at TheForexWarrior.com. This week's episode is entitled Getting Structure to Your Trading. This episode is all about getting organized with your trading, making a plan in your mind and your finances, in the time that it takes to trade, and also fitting it into your life and getting the structure that you need within the charting platform. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to get into detail about my trade analysis and how I successfully trade the Forex markets and have done so for well over a decade. First of all, I have a tip for those of you who are listening today, and the tip is this. Follow the path to success by using the experience of others to set yourself free. Now, this might sound sort of corny, sort of old-fashioned, but it's true. A true warrior uses all the weapons in their arsenal to become the best version of themselves that they can, the best fighter that they can, the best trader that they can. Don't make the same mistakes that other people have made. When you have something available to you like the Forex Warrior and all the educational content that we provide, take advantage of it. Use it in your arsenal when you're going up into the Forex markets to try to make your profits for that day or that week. Don't make the same mistakes that other people have made. Learn from theirs and distill it down into your own technique, own strategy. There's a short equation to become a successful trader, at least in my humble opinion. And first of all, you have to have support. You have to have a group, a person, a website, a course, something that is there to support you through your trading journey. And it can be anything. It can be some of the things that I just listed as far as individuals. It can be courses. It can be a PDF book. Whatever it is that you find that works for you, that's your support when you're getting started. Next, you have to have mentorship. Mentorship is someone who's been there down the same road that you're looking to go down to. So what I mean by that is if you're looking to become either a full-time successful trader or just someone who can replace a certain percentage of their income trading the Forex markets, you want to learn from someone who's already been down that road. So first, we have support from your educational content. Next, we have mentorship by someone who's already been there. And this doesn't have to be something that you pay for every day or every week or every month. This can just be somebody that's there to help you, maybe an occasional email or to answer any questions that you have along the way. Next, we have the real life training. However you choose to learn, there has to be a way that you actually go through training. It's the same with any skill, whether you're going to school to be a doctor, First, you learn all the techniques in the book, then you take tests, and then you actually have hands-on experience. The same thing happens if you're in one of the trades, like a plumber or electrician. First, you learn it in the book, and then you go out and you actually do the live training. So the live training here in the Forex markets means either trading live money 
or even starting in a demo or practice account to get the feel of how the platform works when you buy, when you sell, how the charts are set up, what you're looking for on the charts, what time you're trading, how much you're risking. So again, not to go and be too repetitive here, but it's important to, to remember this. First, you have support from however you've learned. Next, you have a mentor that helps to guide you down the way. And again, you don't have to pay for this. This can be something you find online. It can be somebody that you know, somebody that's been down the same road you're going to be going down. Then you have the actual training, the live training. And fourth, you have practice. You practice and you go through all the steps that you've learned in the paper or digital or seminar information that you've gathered back in your training. So you practice it, you refine it, and then you go on to the fifth step, which is to review it. You look back at what you've done. You look back at how you're implementing, how you're using all the different techniques that were taught to you in your trading education. So again, we have support, mentorship, training, practice, reviewing, and then of course, repeat. And you go through this cycle over and over and over again. Look, if you're fortunate enough to either be or know someone who hit it off right the first time in the Forex markets, congratulations. Because I can tell you from firsthand knowledge, that's not generally the way things go. What usually happens is people learn, they either fail or are successful short term, and then they end up failing second or third time around. So what you want to do is go through this progress over and over and over again. You get information. You distill out what you want. You have someone that helps and supports you. You go through different trainings. You practice it. You review it and repeat it again. And you keep going and going and going. And over time, you will learn to become successful. Now, it might take a while. A lot of people who are in this market give up way before the success comes. And I've seen it. How many of you have seen the image? It's Sometimes it's on Facebook, Instagram, wherever, where the guy's digging for diamonds. And he's digging and digging and digging. And he gets right to the edge and with his pickaxe and he gives up. And then the person below him goes just a little bit further and gets to the uh, the whole treasure that's waiting there just on the other side of that thin wall. Look, I can lead by example here. I'm a person who's been doing this for a long time. I was looking back at when I started. It's been 13, 14 years since I've been training the Forex market. And I've seen my fair share of wins and losses over the years. The good times and the bad times. The relationships that have come and gone with brokerages, with traders, with investors, with education content creators. I've been around and seen a lot of things. Now, having the ability to stick around and to drop off all the excess weight and negativity is what led to my success in this market. Next, in getting structure to your trading, I'd like to cover how to prepare your mind and your body. I have entire episodes, entire podcasts and videos on YouTube on how to prepare your mind and your body. But really, when you're trying to prepare your mind, you have to remember that when you trade the markets, it's entirely between your ears. You have to have equipment and the computer and the internet connection and the feeds and that kind of thing. But between your ears, the mind your thought process, your psychology, the fear, the greed, the emotions, that's the most important part for trading success. A lot of traders that I've talked to over the years don't address the next point, which is your body. To be successful in anything, you have to have good health. We all know about some of the richest people in the world. They find out they have terrible health, end up having a heart attack or stroke, or they're so overweight they can't enjoy things with their friends or family. Don't let that be you. Taking care of your health is not that difficult. It's a slow sort of burn over time. Remember the analogy I told you a few episodes back? If a ship were to leave Europe coming to the U.S. and it changed its course just a degree or two, 
it would end up in a totally different state when it got to the United States. It's that little bit of a change, whether it's getting rid of some of the foods that are the most toxic to you, like soda or refined carbohydrates, or whether it's just getting two or three half-hour sessions of exercise a week. You owe it to yourself to take care of your body so that your mind can function at its most proficient and effective level when you're doing your trading. Next, I want to make sure that all of you have a trading plan and a business plan. A trading plan is a lot different than a business plan, in my opinion. A trading plan, and I'm going to go over this with you in a few minutes, is how you execute the trades, how you have your risk set on your trades, how much you're going to have as a stop loss or a target or profit level on a trades, what time of day you trade, what currency pairs you trade. That's the trading plan. And of course, there's more to it than that. But next, we have the business plan. Treating trading as a business is important. We talked about this a little bit last time. Having your finances in order, knowing how much you're going to allocate to your trading account, knowing when you're going to pull out withdrawals of profits, knowing when you're going to stop with losses, having your taxes in order as far as your business is concerned, having the proper equipment like a trading computer, a desk, a comfortable chair, and a backup to your power supply with your internet, Maybe you have a computer and then you also have an iPad or a tablet and a phone as well so that you always have access in case one or two of those things fail when you're trading. That's related to the business plan. So we have on one side the trading plan that involves all of your trading and the other the business plan which involves treating this as a real business. Think of it like a brick and mortar business. Think of it like that because then you will come up with more of the ideas and the mentality that it takes to run a successful business even though this business is done entirely online. Next, I'm gonna start getting into the nitty gritty here on how to get structure to your trading. I have a few simple little short points. I'm gonna talk a little bit about how the banking system works for maybe 30 seconds, and then I'm gonna tell you what I do to trade and how I trade the Forex markets here at the end of this episode. Again, it's not gonna take that long. Look, if you can't take 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes to listen to a podcast once a week about trading that can possibly change your trading performance in your future, then maybe this isn't the right thing for you. I'm on your side here. I'm doing this for you for free. This is free information. I encourage you just to take it. Maybe you get one little nugget out of all this and you take it, write it down and you move forward with your trading career. But take this information. I'm pulling from a lot of different areas here over the last 10, 12, 14 years of being in the markets. So again, number one, find a consistent trading time that's comfortable for you. Here in the U.S., the Tokyo session is what a lot of traders like to trade because people who do Forex trading who still have a regular 9 to 5 type of a job usually trade after dinner and before bed. So call it what you will, 5 p.m., 6 p.m. till about 9, 10, 11 p.m. in the U.S., Obviously, that can vary a little bit, but the evening time, that's generally when the Japanese yen will move the most. That's when the Tokyo session is open. The highest liquidity and the highest volume in the Forex markets generally comes in around London open, which is 2 a.m. Central Time. And when London and the U.S. session overlap, around somewhere between 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time in the U.S. A lot of traders don't have the ability here in the United States to trade during those highly volatile, high liquidity timeframes. So we end up trading the Tokyo session. A lot of my friends that I've talked with over the years, we've always sort of joked about moving to Hawaii or somewhere further away from the mainland of the US just to be able to trade these higher liquidity Forex times. And if you're living somewhere else other than the US, say you're in um, London, in Europe, in Australia, 
Maybe you're in the Middle East listening to this, which I know some of you are. The time that you're able to trade can definitely change depending on where you live in the world. So find something that's comfortable for you. Try to limit the distractions. When you're in the groove and you're willing to get ready to trade, whether you're looking at some news, watching different charts, maybe you're in some forums or you're reading the news that just came out in the past day, when you're getting everything ready, getting your chart set up, drawing your support resistance levels, looking at different time frames, you want to have limited distractions. So whether that means closing the door, if you have an office to work in or a room, or if it means telling your significant other, uh, friends or family that, hey, I got to take the next half hour, next hour. I'm going to get in the zone here with my trading. If anybody calls or needs me, tell them I'll get right back to them. You want to get focused. It's always important to be very focused, but especially when you're starting, the distractions can come and sort of just eat away at you otherwise. So next we have focus on your trade plan and be wary of extreme moves and or news events. So Focusing on the trading plan is important. And I'm going to talk to you about my simple basic trading plan here in a few minutes. But be very wary of extreme moves and events. I forget this exact statistics. And to be honest, I don't know if there is one that's out there that's accurate. It's something in the order of 90 or 95% of the time the markets are flat. 5 to 10, maybe 15% of the time is when all the movements take place. So you're going to find these big moves at the turn of the hour, after news events when different markets open, when the US session begins or the London session closes, there's gonna be these times when you can sort of predict, at least with some type of consistency, when you wanna be a little bit more safe. If you're looking to get into a trade, but there's a news event, my advice is to wait. If you're looking to get into a big trade right before London session, you might wanna wait a little bit, let the market get its legs and figure out its direction before jumping in, that type of a thing. So be wary of those. Always study the news. Now, you can look, and I'm going to talk with you about this in a few minutes, but you can look at news feeds. You can look on Twitter. You can have a live voice squawk where you actually hear somebody talking the news because it comes a little faster than having it typed out. You can do any of those things, but just make sure that you're as prepared as you can be. There's always going to be times when you're not prepared, such as if there's war that takes place anywhere. Could be in the Middle East, could be anywhere. Maybe a high-ranking official goes on Twitter and types a little bit something about the geopolitical aspects of their currency and the market's whipsaw. There can be a lot of things that happen that are out of your control, but you can at least be prepared for the ones that you know you have control over. Next, and this is very important, don't get sidetracked by input from other traders with less experience. When you're looking at a forum or you're reading an email from someone who's trying to sell a product or you're in a chat room or a telegram group, you don't know who those traders are. Even someone who's been trading for 20 years 15 years, 10 years, they might not be good at it. Maybe they're going to do educational content because they're not good at trading. Maybe they're brand new and they're the hottest trader in the world until you come across their path and everything falls apart. Don't get sidetracked by input from others with less experience than you. Just always be that Forex warrior, the person who goes and takes little nuggets from everything that you see that you can use to your benefit and drop all the rest that doesn't work for you and take that new knowledge and build that sort of war chest, right? That war chest of techniques and strategies and ideas and move forward with it. And then win or lose and on to the next. So when you're trading, you got to keep your emotions at bay. Either you win or you lose and you move on to the next trade. Being stuck on a trade, being stuck on some kind of a groove, whether it's a good one or a bad one, isn't going to let you be more successful in the long term. You need to move on whenever a trade is complete. The next thing I want to cover, I call the Forex market hierarchy. And it's just a simplified idea of how the markets work. Because a lot of traders that I've talked to over the years don't really understand this. 
There is a lot more to it than this, but this is basically how it works. At the top of this food chain, and you can think of it like a food chain or a hierarchy or a pyramid, we have the major banks, the big banks like RBS Bank, Deutsche Bank, JP Morgan Chase, the big banks of the world. I'm sure you all can think of some of the big major banks, right? Then we go down to the electronic brokering services, the services that connect the big banks to the medium and small banks. After that, we have the medium and small banks themselves. So first we start with the major banks, then we go to electronic brokering services, then to the medium and small banks. From the medium and small banks, we go on to the retail market makers, the retail ECNs, and the hedge funds or slash companies. So these are basically the brokers that create the market, whether it's your Forex broker, whether it's a company that runs a brokerage that provides liquidity for you to reach the liquidity of these big banks, sort of like the middlemen, right? They're next. And at the very bottom of this chain is you and me, the retail traders. It's very difficult to be consistently profitable over the long term when you're the last person on the chain. So what we look at are things like the COT reports, the commitment of traders reports, where we look at how the big money is trading and we try to ride their coattails in. They're, all that information is available online. A lot of it's free, some of it's not, but you can get as much as you could probably handle without having to open your wallet at all. So retail traders have a difficult time being profitable long-term because of the simple fact that we're bottom on this chain of, in my example anyway, five, the major banks, the electronic brokering services, the medium and small banks, and then the market makers, ECNs or hedge funds or companies that run the brokerages. So just remember where you are. You or I, we're not going to move the Forex market. It's over $5 trillion a day in liquidity. Our trades or our group who trades, we're not going to move this market. It's not like buying or selling a penny stock where you get a guy who runs a newsletter and he can get a 500 or a 1,000 subscribers all buy or sell a stock at the same time and move the price. Not going to happen with the Forex. So don't forget that. Knowing where you are in the pecking order for anything in life, personal or business, is important to wrap your head around the big picture. So you don't lose track of where you are in these markets. All right, we're finally coming up to my analysis. What I'd like to cover with you next is my favorite currency pairs to trade. Like most traders, I like to trade the Euro USD. The Euro USD is the most highly liquid Forex pair on the marketplace. Generally, for any brokerage that you trade with, it has the lowest cost of doing business, whether that means the lowest commission, the lowest bid to ask spread, the lowest fees, the Euro USD, if, especially if you're going to be a higher frequency trader or a scalper, even an intraday trader, the Euro USD will usually have the lowest cost to get in and get out of. So that has to put it at least in one of my top four. My next favorite uh, currency pair to trade, and these are not in order, by the way, these are the top four, is the Euro versus the Aussie or Euro Aussie. The Euro Aussie, in my humble opinion, gives very smooth linear trends on the short-term chart. So when I'm trading on, say, an hourly time frame or four hour, and I go down to the 15 or five minute, say I only have a few hours to be able to watch the charts or check them, and then I have to either go to bed or go do other things, the Euro Aussie tends to be the one that makes me the most profit over the longer term. I've studied my trading history on my FX book for years, and I'll tell you, Euro Aussie is right up there with one of my most successful, most favorite pairs. Those of you that um, are listening today that were part of our other Forex groups remember me talking about the Euro Aussie. So Euro Aussie is pretty much my favorite pair to trade. Um, the next pair, and one of my favorites, is the Australian USD. The Aussie dollar 
generally is a little bit more volatile, a little bit more sort of liquid, if you will, moves around more during the um, Tokyo session. And that's a session that a lot of us US traders trade. So watching the Australian dollar is uh, one of the things I really like to do every single day, whether I'm in a trade in it or not. Next, I have the Euro versus the Great British Pound. There's always times in the Forex market when I'm trading when I just don't want to deal with the stress of the USD whipping around. Maybe there's FOMC news, non-farm payrolls, maybe the stock market's crashing or making new highs. The USD can be very, very volatile. And the USD is attached to most of the real commonly traded currency pairs. So I like to go off a little bit and trade the Euro versus the Pound. Now, a couple of unique things about the Euro Pound. First of all, at least at the time of this recording, the, the price of a pip on the Euro Pound is a lot higher than on the Euro Dollar, Aussie Dollar, Pound Dollar, Dollar Yen. And you can look up a currency price pip converter if you want. Put it in Google, pip value calculator, and you can find out. It could be $12 per pip on a full lot could be $13, $14. It varies depending on the price of the Euro Pound. But one of the reasons I like the Euro Pound is it does not get thrown off as much by the crazy whipsaws of the U.S. market. And it sometimes can be a little bit more smooth, sort of like the Euro versus the Aussie. But again, Euro Aussie is still my favorite. Euro Pound's up there in my top four, along with the Euro Dollar and the Aussie Dollar. A close third, fourth, or fifth in there is the Dollar Yen. Uh, dollar Yen, another very, very common a very, very commonly traded Forex pair. Dollar Yen has some great moves. It can sometimes move in tandem with the US equity markets, which can give you a little bit of an edge at times. And I also enjoy trading the Pound Yen and the Euro Yen. So those are my top seven pairs. These are the pairs that I trade probably 70 to 90% of the time. Euro Dollar, Euro Aussie, Aussie Dollar, Euro Pound, Dollar Yen, Pound Yen, Euro Yen. I also trade a bit of gold and silver. I'm sort of a silver bug. I like to trade silver, but definitely more of a swing trade. Silver does not move anywhere near as much as gold, of course. And on your brokerage, you might find that the platform shows gold as G-O-L-D. It might show gold offset to the euro or the USD, so make sure and check that. Most Forex brokerages that I've used still show gold as X-A-U slash USD and silver as X-A-G slash USD. But gold is an interesting thing as well as silver as far as trading goes. And I know this is the ForexWarrior.com podcast, but I still trade a fair amount of gold and a slight bit of silver in my day-to-day -day trading. So I thought I'd put it on that list. The final currency pair, and I trade some other more exotic pairs from time to time, but the dollar CAD, the USD Canadian dollar, is sort of my nemesis. The reason I say that, and you might understand if you're already into trading, generally, the dollar CAD can be related to the price of crude oil, um, but it, that has sort of diverged in the recent past, especially with this large rise in the price of crude with the um, ordeals going on politically in Iran and such. But the dollar CAD, what I've found in my trading is that I have very good runs for days or even weeks where the dollar CAD is my most successful pair. But then I have runs where I just cannot catch a break on the dollar CAD. So I don't trade the dollar CAD that much. In the last month, I don't think I've traded it at all. But it is a great currency pair to trade. The dollar CAD on the longer term time frames, looking back at the, the monthly, the weekly, the daily, the four hour, that type of thing, it tends to respect the rising or falling trend lines quite well. 
and it seems like a great technical pair to trade. But again, it, it's sort of been my nemesis. Those of you who know me uh, probably remember you saying this for the last couple of years. Dollar Cad and I have a love-hate relationship, but it's definitely on my um, radar when the time comes to find a new trade. So again, not to beat this down too much, but this is what I trade. When I'm talking about trading Forex, Euro dollar, Euro Aussie, Aussie dollar, Euro pound, dollar yen, pound yen, Euro yen, a little bit of gold, a dash of silver, and occasionally dollar cad. That's more than enough. Most traders who are learning how to trade, I advise just starting with one pair and trying to become the best that you can at it. Maybe adding a second that's not related to the dollar or that is related to the dollar and moving from there. So now I wanna get into the structure that I use to place a basic trade. Each one of these five little asterisks that I'm gonna cover with you have more detail, but I wanna cover them briefly here to start out first. First of all, you have a trade idea. So you have to develop in your mind, what trade idea am I going to use? Let's say you're going to buy the Euro versus the USD. Maybe you've seen some of your trusted traders online looking to be long or buy the Euro USD, or you feel like the Euro is gaining value and the dollar might be under some pressure, therefore equaling a rise in the Euro versus the USD. And that becomes your trade idea. Next, what you wanna do is analyze that trade idea. You wanna find out where you are in the longer term timeframes, where you are as far as structures, support, patterns, that type of thing. You wanna analyze that. Look at the news that has just come out in the last week or two. Look at the news that's coming out today, tomorrow, the next day on both the Euro and the USD. Analyze the heck out of that trade. Third, you decide what you wanna do. Either you're gonna take it or not. If you decide to take that trade, you move into step four, which is calculate the risk. You have to decide before you place that trade how much risk of your account you wanna put on. Either you're gonna put on a certain percent risk or a certain dollar amount of risk, but you wanna calculate that first and always have your stops in place. And then number five, we have place the trade. We actually place the buy trade. Maybe it's a pending, a limit order, or maybe it's a live market price order. You can decide how you wanna do it, but you gotta get that trade placed. If you have everything else figured out, that's step number five, place the trade. So number two on those five steps, we had trade idea number one, analyze number two, decide number three, calculate risk number four, and place the trade number five. Number two, analyze. I'd like to go through the six little sub-steps that I have in analyzing, and this is basically how I do my market analysis still to this day. Even today when I took the trades that I took, this is what I did. First of all, I checked the news events, like I mentioned before. You wanna make sure that you're not caught with your pants down in some trade that has a huge news event coming out. You don't know why you lost your butt trading something without watching the news first. So be prepared, watch your news events. Number two, check the pair's overall bias. Are we in an uptrend? Are we in a downtrend? You can figure that out just by zooming out to a longer term chart. You can use moving averages. A lot of traders use a 200 moving average to figure out the overall trend direction on the pair, whether it's up or down. Of course, trading with that overall bias or trend is definitely a good idea. Number three, we have top-down analysis. And when I say top-down, I mean from longer term down to shorter term charts. So we have monthly, weekly, daily, four hour, one hour, and on downward. So you have a top-down analysis. Number four, we check correlating pairs. And by correlating pairs, for this example, let's use the Euro USD. I would check the Euro pound, the Euro Aussie. I would check the pound dollar. I would also probably look at the dollar CAD and the dollar yen because I wanna analyze at least a few pairs that have one of those two currencies in it. For example, the Euro or the USD in our Euro USD trade. So check correlating pairs. 
if the euro USD, if we're planning for that to go up and we want to buy it, but the euro pound is under pressure and the euro Aussie is under pressure and the pound dollar even looks like it might come down, that would limit me to either cut down my risk or maybe even skip the trade to buy the euro dollar altogether. Number five, you want to look left for clues. And by looking left, I mean on the chart, look to the longer term timeframes and draw in those support levels, those resistance levels, those Fibonacci levels, whatever you use to do your trading, but don't be caught with your pants down and not know what's going on. So what I mean by that is this, let's say the Euro dollar, we want to buy it. It's coming up to the area we're looking to buy it. We finally get long, the thing goes up a few pips and then crashes. And when we zoom out and look to the left, we find that that was a double or triple top area that was several hours or even a few days ago. And that's a strong area of resistance. So always look left for market clues. And number six, and I'm gonna repeat these for you, but number six, we have check the structure. By structure, I mean support resistance levels, patterns such as head and shoulders patterns. You could use Gartley patterns, you know, like the crab pattern, the bat pattern. You could use flags, pennants, cup and handle patterns, whatever you like. I'm, a, I'm sort of a sucker for the head and shoulders pattern on the longer term timeframes. I love it. Drawing from the top of the head to the neckline and then, and then looking to project out that same distance as a target. We talked about entering and exiting head and shoulders patterns on an earlier podcast as well, if you want to check that out. Then we look for trend lines in the structure and key levels. So again, support resistance, patterns, trend lines, rising, falling, whatever it might be, and key levels such as round numbers. Say the euro dollar is at 1.20000. That might be an important level to watch for if you're looking to buy. So if you're new to trading, I know I'm talking a little bit fast here, but some of the steps in my analysis every single day are sixfold. Checking news events, check the pair overall bias or trend, do top-down analysis from the long-term charts to the short, check correlating pairs, I generally look at at least two pairs on each side. So two other pairs with the euro for this example, two other pairs with the dollar. Make sure that we're still in the same vibe for those. Look left for clues. And then number six, check the structure, support resistance, patterns, trend lines, and key levels. So I covered a lot with you today. And I want to thank you again for taking your time to listen to this podcast. You can reach me anytime, Jason at theforexwarrior.com or visit us at theforexwarrior.com for more information. The website's still under construction, but we're getting there. We have the podcast there. We have some great people that are helping out with the show notes and social media. And we're just going to make this a, a movement, a family of traders that are all looking to succeed in the markets and we're going to become one group to move forward share ideas so please share this podcast with those that you care about who are into the forex markets or who want to learn more about the forex markets and how to trade i think the forex market is the most awesome thing in the world as far as a business and a way to make money and i think you can be in the same place as me 14 years from now looking back and saying i remember doing that i remember when this guy was talking about this i still remember back in the early podcast episodes um, so feel free to share it with your friends and sign up on our list at theforexwarrior.com that's all i have for now look for another episode next week and email any questions or concerns they might have make it a great day happy trading and i'll see you on the other side 
Thank you for listening to the ForexWarrior.com podcast. Subscribe for free in iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and on many more sites all over the web. If you know someone who might enjoy being a guest on a future podcast interview, or if you have something you would like to hear as a hot topic, send an email to jason at the ForexWarrior.com. Forex trading involves risk, so be sure to read the disclaimer on our site. Check out the podcast and resource pages for show notes and links covered in this episode. For the hottest merchandise in the biz, and to learn more about being a true Forex warrior, visit theforexwarrior.com.